Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And, you know, Kobe, Kobe's one of the guys that, you know, he stayed in front and he's got really active hands. So when he's in the play like that, you know, he's able to impact, um, you know, in addition uh, to, to, you know, to keeping somebody out of the lane. When they do get in the lane, he's, he's, he's making them round their drives. And uh, it's good, you know, he hasn't played extended minutes like that. You know, obviously we want him. He's in the rotation and he's playing, um, but he was playing well. Welcome in Hawks fans, it's your boy Russell is back at it again for another Believe in Hawks episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Kobe Bufkin has arrived. The rookie continues to impress in his second game in the rotation with Trey Young out as the Hawks get a dominating victory in the return of former Atlanta Hawk John Collins tonight, 124-97. to Really, the Hawks controlled this game from the get-go, starting off with a 12-0 run to begin the game. And then Utah had like four turnovers in the beginning of the game, and they've never lost a lead. But they really blew it open in the third quarter, got it up to 20, and were able to keep the lead from there. So just a really strong performance across the board for these Atlanta Hawks at a game that they needed, and they were able to execute and did what they needed to do to win. So we're going to break it all down, obviously, on the podcast. Let's go ahead and dive right into it. The Hawks obviously coming into this game, you know, big story, John Collins back in Atlanta. First time. Tribute package, tribute video, social team has been all over it. Trey, I mean, not Trey, but John, obviously thankful for his time here in Atlanta. Talked before the game, talked about, you know, well, he talked, you know, before he played this game about Alice Mellon's mind. And tonight, you know, just talking about, you know, he's excited to see some old faces, excited to see some old people he played with for, for so long. And you know, tonight was was just a great opportunity for him to play back in front of the fans for the first time since he was traded. And, you know, John Collins, you know, tonight didn't have a good – I mean, he didn't have a good game. I mean, he only played 22 minutes, 5 points, 10 rebounds, negative 20 on the floor, 5 turnovers, you know. And I, and I think some people would sit there and kind of be like, oh, this is why we traded him, right? But overall, I think it was good. I'm glad the fans gave him a warm reception. Um, he was a guy who put in the work here wasn't always appreciated for the things and the sacrifices he made here in Atlanta. And so I'm really happy that he was able to get his flowers tonight and um, just get praised by the crowd and, you know, recognize like, you know, he was a part of that early phase. He was part of that Eastern Conference finals team. And, you know, always wishing JC the best, always wishing JC the most success moving forward um, for a guy who, you know, like I say, he's a hard worker and he, and he, and he just, he wants to do anything he can to help his team win. So really glad about that. Now, the guy who replaced him tonight, Jalen Johnson, 22, 13, and six assists, he had the highest plus minus on the floor with plus 33. That is a monster plus. Jalen Johnson, basically, when he played, dominated the Utah Jazz, and the team dominated the Utah Jazz when he was on the floor. He has stepped up in Trey Young's absence. When you, If you remember the last few weeks, especially before the All-Star break, Jalen Johnson was kind of going through a period of time where he was kind of, he kind of went through a weird period where he was kind of struggling a little bit. Like he wasn't, he wasn't struggling, but it was like his offensive game wasn't there. He was giving us 11, 12, 13, 14 point nights, which is okay, but it's, I feel like people expected a little bit more from him offensively, right? 
Like, you know, he had some decent 18, 19, 20 point nights, but it felt like it was very inconsistent offensively. Last couple of games, he's given us 21 and 22 points. He obviously understands with Trey Young gone, I have to step up. I'm now the guy who's expected to put points up and help this team score. And he's done that the last two games. And he's done it while also getting near triple doubles. Like I said, he had 13 rebounds, six assists tonight. Shooting officially, 9 of 14, 2 of 4 from the field from three. I mean, he had a steal. You know, and, and he did a great job. I mean, we saw uh, during the All-Star break, the, the, the video before, or the, the video, uh, I think it was Lauren L. Williams posted this video from the AJC uh, before the first game after the All-Star break where he was coaching. Uh, Quinn Snyder was coaching Jalen in the gym, you know, always teaching. And, you know, clearly I wonder if maybe during this All-Star break or whenever, and I wonder if Quinn and Jalen communicated a little bit and he talked about some things he wanted him to improve so he could be more effective. And maybe that's what we're seeing right now from Jalen is the benefits of that as, you know, he's still developing in his role. And now him being kind of like the number two guy right now with DeJounte, with Trey out, I think you're seeing the benefits of that and you're seeing the, the levels and the impact of his play on the court. One thing I've always said about Jalen Johnson is, He's a guy who, when he plays, you can just feel his energy. You can feel his impact. You can feel it. He just has that where he's on the floor like, okay, yeah, he can he can change this game. And he and he's just on a trajectory to be an amazing player for this team and a guy who you clearly can see the Hawks who need to build around, and he's a part of the core pieces that are going to be here in Atlanta. So, you know, he played really strong tonight, you know, with, with a really good performance. And like I said, plus 32 from the floor, I mean – that that's that's as good as you can get for a guy like that. That that literally is almost as good as you can get. So um that 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 was great. Bogey tonight, 19 points tonight, three rebounds, three assists, play well. Did what he needed to do actually got the highest second plus minus with 27. So when Bogey was on the floor, also was taking advantage of his opportunities. DeJounte didn't have the game he had last game, obviously. 17 points, four rebounds, 11 assists. Obviously, assist numbers have gone up understanding, okay, I need to get guys involved in this offense with Trey out. So he's been trying to work on the on, on getting guys involved passing-wise. Gave us 17. Obviously didn't need him to have a big game tonight, seeing the final score, but did what he had to do tonight for the most part. Shadiq Bay 16-7. and seven, Usually pretty much is what he's given us on a nightly basis nowadays. Uh, and then Clint Capella probably, I would say, looked better tonight than he has. Still, obviously, you could tell he's working his way back, working his way back to where he where he needs to be and trying to get himself right and get himself back in, in, in a good spot, realistically. Um, DeAndre Hunter continues to impress off the bench, 28 minutes, 20 points. I mean, at the end of the day, we got to give DeAndre Hunter his flowers, man. He's playing really, really good. Um, he's really being – he's been really, really effective for this team. He's been really effective for, you know – this role he's accepted he's gracefully it seems like from what i see he seems like he's gracefully accepted coming off the bench because it's just it's just helping him he's playing in spurts he's able to play i think quinn is giving him the green light and the comfortability and he's and he's done a great job and one thing too it was also good and i hit nine uh free throws getting to the line tonight you know he's, he's aggressive tacking the ball sometimes obviously we've talked about the improvement in his three-point shooting you know, he's done a lot of good things to help, you know, really help this team off the bench. You know, Bruno had eight and three. He considered continues to be solid off the bench and in Congo's uh, absence. And then Garrison Matthews gave you six points tonight. I mean, anything you can get from him is a plus. But now let's talk about the guy that we all want to talk about right now. Kobe Buffkin. 
another strong night. A night that, if you look at the stat line, it may not show that. But if you watch the game, you you see his impact on the floor. A lot of guys on Twitter praising Kobe's defensive prowess tonight. He seems like already that he is going to, he has the potential to be a really strong defensive player in this game and could be a cornerstone of an NBA defense. The way he communicates, the way he rotates, the way he sees things has been very effective. Even when he's on offense, he's still, he's playing. He's not, he's not being overly aggressive. He's taking what's there. He's playing within the system. He's not trying to show that he, oh, Trey Young's out. I need to jack shots up and show Quinn I can score. He's playing within the system. He's listening to Coach Quinn, what he wants him to do, and I think it's led to great success for him. And one thing, one and one thing we have to credit again tonight for why maybe Kobe is 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 in this position and why he's been able to be so effective, especially defensively, is the G League. Again, guys, the G League has put Kobe in this position to be this successful, you know, because like I said, they're running this system in the G League. And so that's helped Kobe so much because even though he's playing on this level against better competition, the system isn't new. It's not like he's trying to learn it and like, oh, what, what do I do here? He knows it. He's, 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 he's defended in it. So now he's just now doing it at this level, which is with the main guys, and you're seeing it, the communication, the defensive organization, the rotations, all of those things are benefited because Kobe has done a really good job of getting people in the right spot and also reading things really, really well on the floor. And like I said, for a guy who's a rookie, it's 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 always sometimes with rookies, sometimes it's you either have a guy who's really good defensively, but they're really aggressive, or you have like a guy who's really good offensively, but he has to learn his way defensively. You know, and, and right now, the thing is with this team is Kobe isn't needed or asked to score 20, 25, 30 points. He's not needed or asked to to like carry. He's just says, defend your guy. He put Dirk and Clarkson in hell tonight. And, you know, just just give us good good minutes. If you can do that, we'll be fine. And, and I think that's what the Hawks have benefited from in the last two games, keeping teams to under 100 points in the last two games. Because of Kobe Bumpkin's willingness to play within the system, his communication, and his defense. And I think that's something that's really, really good for him because, you know, Quinn's going to have to make a decision. You know, he, Kobe had the highest plus minus of the bench players, 16 plus tonight. And he's going to have to figure out how, whenever, if Trey comes back this year, how do I keep Kobe on the floor? Because one of the biggest issues I think this defense has had is that they just never had a point of attack guy. And people mention it. You're having Trey play besides DeJounte Murray. You know, that combo in general isn't really ideal defensively. Now, if you have Kobe with DeJounte, or even Kobe with Bogey, that works better because the thing about the NBA that makes it so fascinating is that you need you need um every player fits in the in different ways every player fits in a different spot you can have a lot of talented players but they have to fit if they don't fit then it's like you 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 won't see what you think you should see on the floor the thing is, it's like, I've always said this. DeJounte is a disruptor. He disrupts. Kobe looks like he can become a stopper. 
Now, if your backcourt is a disruptor and a stopper, I think that could be a pretty decent defensive backcourt. And even when Bogey's in there, even though he's a below-average defender, you know, he, Bogey tries and he's put in rotation, you know, he can put up a fight defensively. And again, if you have a stopper out there, somebody like that, it works. And then also it helps naturally playing, you know, a, a point guard playing the point guard position, defending point guards, which DeJounte is doing. You know, and Bogey, you know, playing the two. And then Kobe is a combo guard. Who he can, which pretty much in this system, he's played back up the last two games to DeJounte, but a guy who can play both two in one and defend both positions. So I think it, it's just you're using them better and it's, and it's just making more sense from a roster standpoint to have Kobe playing in this role because he can guard other guards. And then you, you sometimes like you have DeJounte who disrupts, puts up a fight, tries to get hands up, make it hard, cut off lanes. And then Kobe can kind of come in there, kind of do the same thing, but also kind of actually guard him at the point of attack, not let him get past him and really be able to put up a, a wall up there. So I think you, you've seen that, you know, and I, and I think the biggest thing for me, and then that's going to bring me into the next thing is that, you know, people are talking about, you know, you know, people are going to bring the narrative up. Trey Young, for better without him, he's held us back. He's not good defensively. Because the biggest thing people are pointing from is that we're leading team, we're holding teams to under 100 points. And a player who is considered by a lot of people in the league a bad defensive player is out. And so now they're assuming that, oh, that's the connection. But don't forget, but for some reason, don't make the connection. Oh, we just added a really good point of attack defender that we desperately needed this whole year. And that could also help be the reason why the defense is played better. A guy who has helped organize and communicate on the defensive end and Kobe Bufkin that we have not, I guess, not gotten really a lot sometimes this season. And so we sit here and then we're trying to say, oh, well, it's because Trey's not playing. And it's like, no, like that's not it. Plus, you also have to look at the opponents. You play Orlando, who was depleted, and you're playing a Jazz team who, I mean, they're, I mean, they're below 502. So it's not like you're playing two world beaters and, and you're doing this. Now, it's great because really this, this entire season we haven't done against any team, but the fact that we've played like this defensively against them has been great. And I think Kobe deserves a lot of credit. Like I said, we've barely seen Kobe and Trey play together. So how do we know Trey Young is the problem? If Trey comes back, Kobe plays, and they play together, and they're still doing this defensively or just re- able to replicate this close to what we're seeing, to me, that's that's more of we just didn't have the right guys on the floor playing uh, defense than more than Trey Young is the reason why. So I think people are going to push that narrative because people want to fit their narratives. If you weren't a fan of Trey Young and you believe he's holding this team back, this is only in your head, strengthening your narrative against him. But if you obviously break down the team and know what's going on, you know that that's not the case at all. Because at the end of the day, you know, we haven't seen, like I said, Kobe and Trey really play that much together. And so how can we make that assumption without actually seeing that actually happen? So I'm not going to go on that train, and especially when we play in Brooklyn coming up two straight games against a team that's really not that great. You know, we're going to sit here and think, okay, well, we're playing this, these teams, so clearly clearly that means that we're about to go to a four-game winning streak and that well, this is all without Trey Young, and so we're better without Trey, even though we've won four in a row with Trey Young before. So I, I mean that I mean where the Hawks are outside of the defensive improvement, the Hawks are not in terms of winning, doing anything they haven't done already this season yet. 
Now, after these four games, you play a couple of tough teams. I believe Cleveland's in town. I believe another team that's, that's a winning record is in town. And if they continue to play well against them and they do this same performance against those guys, you know, obviously that that's a, that's a good outlook for, you know, what's going on with this team and the, and the strides and the improvements they've made. But overall, I don't, again, I don't think you could just say that if that's on Trey Young or Trey Young is the reason why we can't. You know, they just had they just need a point of attack defender desperately. I mean, that's why they drafted Kobe Bufkin for his point of attack defensively. Now, you may be able to sit here and say that wasn't expected. We weren't expecting this type of play from him so soon and so early. And that's very much, very much a reasonable reason. But at the same time, you know, it has happened. And now, you know, OK, like I said, I just feel like if you're Quinn, you can't whenever Trey gets back. I don't think you can just put Kobe back on the bench and say he's not going to play when he's been such a big part of why you've been doing it. And especially even with Trey out, it seems like this team has still a very strong possibility to be a playing team. And so they're going to be playing one more game than 82. And so if that means you're going to be competing for something. So you're going to play at a higher level of competition. Teams are trying to fight to keep their season alive. And so it'll be interesting to see Kobe in that in that realm, getting that experience, playing in those types of games. And he could become a major factor in maybe why the Hawks win some games like that. You know, I think potentially with Kobe, you know, if he stays in the lineup, you may even see Bogey at three more just so you can get Kobe on the floor because you maybe can take a couple minutes away from Trey and Ajante, but realistically, you got to take away all your minutes from Gary Matthews. And then secondly, you know, then, you know, you could maybe take some, obviously some time, like Bogey's playing 30 plus minutes right now. Obviously he won't be playing 30 plus minutes when they get back, uh, when Trey gets back. So you can take some of that time you're taking away from Bogey, give it to Kobe and kind of just see what that looks like. And, you know, if that continues to get better and that continues to show, now you also now know, okay, Kobe Bufkin, he's here, he's arrived, he's in the rotation, he'll be here for years to come, and I'll be excited to see his growth and continue to see how he can improve as a player, especially as he gets more comfortable offensively within this team too, because once Kobe gets that offense going, man, listen, DeJounte Murray, the, the Hawks may have more of a motivation to move DeJounte. If, if they want to, because now it's like we can easily sit here and feel confident because this realistically could be a trial for Kobe to show them like we might be able to go with Kobe Bufkin as our starting two next year. If that's what they want to do. Obviously, if DeJounte moves, you don't have a backup point guard. So he could just be the backup point guard and they get another two, which would probably be ideal um, realistically. And then you realistically would have an avenue to keep Bogdanovich because if you get Kobe as your backup point, and let's say you get another point of attack defender, two-way, two-guard who starts, now your weak defenders are Trey and Bogey, and then you have two good point of attack defenders, and now it evens itself out, and now it's like, okay, either or whenever Trey or Bogey's on the floor, you still can have a good point of attack defender on the floor with them. So... Then in that situation, boom, now you're in a really good place and you, you have a lot of good things going for you uh, defensively. And now the team has much has dramatically improved. So just something that could be on the line for Kobe to kind of show them like, hey, maybe we go with Kobe Bufkin as our starter next year. You never know. That could be a discussion if he continues this. Obviously, giving him praise for what he deserves and what he's done so far for this team. But, you know, obviously don't want to get above, get ahead of ourselves either. So. Very happy to see Kobe Bufkins continue to play the way he's been playing. Really happy to see that he's he's continuing to to be the guy that they expected when they drafted him with the 13th pick in the NBA draft. So really, really solid on that end from those guys um, to do that. Hawks tonight, as a team, held the Utah Jazz 37% from the field. So, you know, just really good team, team effort, really good team ball. 
you know, and just really, really good across the board, like I said, from just seeing everybody playing and doing what they have to do out there. So really, really solid tonight from the boys. Coming up on the Hawks schedule, like I said, they play Brooklyn twice. Brooklyn is a team that is worse than the Hawks right now. Um, they have struggled mightily in the last few games offensively. And so the way this Hawks team is playing, very strong possibility that could continue. Now, Hawks are going to be on the road in Brooklyn for two straight days. They'll play Thursday, then play again on Saturday. So obviously, um, you know, we'll see how that how the, how the defense translates to the road, but excited. Then, like I said, next week you play two tough teams. Knicks coming in, you go into New York, Knicks Tuesday, then back-to-back, back in Atlanta against Cleveland, the team that you've struggled against, and then you go in Friday against the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Hawks definitely have some games coming up that are very winnable and will keep them in contention. Right now, they currently are in the 10th spot still. Two-game winning streak, a game out of ninth place. Chicago lost tonight, so... Still technically very much could get to nine. Bulls currently have the tiebreaker after being in the Hawks twice this season so far. Um, I believe it's just twice. I think it's two one Bulls. Um, and the Hawks are about six, looks like six and a half games from eighth. So that will be tough to potentially try to get to eight and try to make it a situation where you can potentially get a two seed. But, uh, you know, we never know what can happen right now. Like I said, they, they're just moving up slowly and looks like they'll be able, maybe able to jump over the Bulls and um, here soon if they continue this up and the Bulls continue to lose some games. So something to definitely keep an eye on with them uh, moving forward for sure. If the season ended today and the Hawks missed the playoffs, they're currently slotted in at the 10th spot uh, just in terms of bad records in the league. So obviously lottery could change it, but you know, you're technically still a top 10 lottery pick right now. If the Hawks did not make the playoffs or lost in the play in. So I know some fans are still potentially hoping for a tank, hoping for that. So the Hawks can potentially get uh, a top draft pick in this year's NBA draft, which again, I've heard multiple times, not really strong draft this year. Um, we'll see if, you know, obviously that is actually the case, but you know, something again that you can build off of and be happy about and be very very happy about around the association tonight i'll just do a quick round the association tonight right now in terms of finals pistons after that listen did y'all watch that pistons game yesterday that was crazy (laughs) that man uh that man uh got tackled and the knicks the referees did not call that that was crazy they did not call that. I'm just like, I understand why Monty Williams came out after the game and got pissed off. I mean, you're literally tackling a guy and you don't make a call. Like it's 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 so crazy how in the NBA refs in these moments sometimes swallow like it it I really just I want to ask a ref who's retired and just be like, be honest with me, like off the record, because they probably will say it on the record. Off the record, like. Do y'all like sometimes be like, I'm just going to let this play out regardless. Unless somebody gets literally right hooked, I'm literally just going to like not call anything. Because that's crazy how the Knicks did not get called for a foul there. And they literally like literally dove at him, made contact, and they did not call anything. That's crazy. I completely understand why Monty Williams felt the way he felt. Because that is insane to me how you do not make that call crazy like 
I I feel bad for Pistons fans because you really probably feel it. Because Knicks fans were even in comments yesterday saying we probably should have lost that game. And I'm like, you think? <laughs> so good for the Pistons to come back and win tonight after that debacle of a call. And somebody also made a tweet today. They said, this is what they said. They said, haven't you noticed that ever since sports betting been more incorporated to the game, referees are kind of being wishy <laughs> has been worse than vitiating, potentially saying NBA rigged, NBA potentially not calling referees, not calling shit to for 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 parlays. Uh, maybe, very much maybe. So. That is that is something to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, but yeah, Pistons get a win tonight. Bucks beat the Hornets tonight. Once went through one eighty oh, oh, eighty five. I'm not gonna say one eighty five. That'd be crazy. Seven Wolves. Ant continues to play at a high level, beating uh, the the Spurs tonight. He had thirty four points in that game. They do it, Minyamba. Quiet seventeen, thirteen, and five. But we all know he's a freak. Celtics beating the 76ers tonight. Pelicans beating the Knicks. Magic beating the Nets. And the Cavaliers beating the Mavericks in a close game. Game winner by Max Struess at the buzzer. I don't know if you guys have seen it. If you haven't, check it out. Max Struess buzzer beater to beat Dallas after Dallas took a lead late in that game. So, very exciting night for Cleveland. And then lastly, Warriors over the, over the Wizards. Two games in progress right now. Heat and Trailblazers. Trailblazers up by like nine. And then Rockets and Thunder Rockets down by two. So that is your night in the NBA. And I think that'll wrap it up here on the Believe in Hawks podcast. Once again, thank you for tuning into the Believe in Hawks podcast. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Brycey underscore 2K, B-R-I-C-E-Y underscore 2K. Also, don't forget, if you're listening to this through audio, leave a rating, leave a review. Appreciate all the love any of you guys give me. Definitely want to try to keep continuing to give you Believe in Hawks content and covering our Atlanta Hawks. And also, if you're listening to this on YouTube or watching this on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, like the video, show your boys some love. And appreciate, like I said, all you guys once again for tuning in and let me be a part of your day. It's your boy Bryce Lewis. I'll see you next time. Hawks trying to go for three in a row in Brooklyn. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.